So, you really want to know what women do, say and think the way that we do, huh? Well, fasten your seatbelts and let's get... She says what? Started with your host, Alan Newman Jr. Good afternoon, good evening, happy Wednesday, happy hop day. Of course, you are here listening live to another episode of She Said What. Of course, I'm your host, Alan M. Newman Jr. And in case you're wondering what you're tuned into, if you're listening to a replay of this episode, let me just tell you a little about a little bit about the show. Um, the show is geared to help bridge the gap in communication between men and women. So this platform is for our female guests to come in and tell us how it really is raw and rugged from their perspective. Before I introduce our guests and our topic for the hour, I just want to remind everybody that we're currently running a promo special on ads and commercials through the month of November. Yes, November. Can you believe we're almost at the end of the year? Um, if you want to inquire for more information, you can send your email to ads at he said what network.com. You can also subscribe to the network's YouTube channel by searching He Said What Network, or you can follow us on Instagram at He Said What Network. And you can follow me as well on Instagram at Newman underscore junior underscore 2.0. Once again, you can follow us on Instagram at He Said What Network. And you can follow me at Newman underscore junior underscore 2.0. Um, without further ado, today's topic is going to be a very interesting one for those that are listening. It is going to be about lifestyle, women, and accountability. Um, for those that are listening live online on the He Said What Network, if you want to call in and either dialogue with us or ask a question, dial 515-602-9647 and press the number one so we can bring you on the air. Um, if you just want to sit in and listen streaming on the He Said What Network, just type in your question or comment, and we will read that on the air as well. Um, without further ado, my lovely guest for the hour is Liz. Liz, how are you doing on today? I am great. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I am doing outstanding. You know, outstanding, outstanding. It's hump day almost to the weekend for some of us, um, and I'm just ready, ready to get there. But I'm definitely interested in this conversation because I feel like the past probably year or so I've been seeing a lot of conversations between men about women being accountable and women not being accountable. I feel like this is going to be an interesting conversation to have. Um, and I'm going to throw you right in the fire, um, Liz. Uh, I want your personal um, response to this question and your feel on it. Do you feel that women are held accountable? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Well, I think that question is not finished. What are they accountable for? Pretty much anything the way they handle the way you, you know i'm pretty sure as well as um i do how women are accountable with relationships how women are accountable with their making sure that they're in a good headspace when dealing with men um how they hold each other accountable to how they deal with men and how they either misuse or rightfully use the trust that men give them um i feel like it's a loaded question because I think it varies based on the men that you ask on what they're looking for women to be accountable for. Right, exactly. So uh, I think women and men both have equal roles and accountability for their actions and their behaviors and what they bring into any kind of relationship. Okay, 
I can rock with that. Um, now, when it comes to accountability, um, do you think there's levels to accountability, or do you feel like both parties should be equally accountable for the decisions they make, the way they handle relationships with each other, or do you feel like one party should have more influence than the other? Yeah, you know, I think everything in these topics are really gray, which is hard because they don't think that there's one size fits all for accountability, especially. Um, I would say that, yeah, you would hope both people would be equally accountable for certain things. And depending on Mm -hmm. each partner's strengths and what their focus is or what their um, interests are, maybe they hold a little bit more accountability in the relationship for this one piece of it, or the other person holds some more accountability in another piece of it. Um, So I do think that it varies and it's not black and white, and it really depends person to person, relationship to relationship. The one thing that I think is black and white is your accountability and responsibility on yourself and what you do um, with your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors coming into a relationship. Uh, That's actually a very good assessment because I actually feel like that's where the gray area is kind of affected with accountability because a lot of people tend to, and brothers, I know you guys are listening, you're going to feel like I'm throwing you us under the bus, but I do feel like when it comes to accountability, we would rather place the blame on decisions that have affected our lives onto another person instead uh-huh. of saying, well, this is, this is what has happened to me that has got me in this place in my life. But I really feel like we tend to say, nope, it's you because you're not willing to listen to anything that's going on with my life, even if I brought it against myself. So it's really, you're absolutely correct when you say there's a gray area with accountability because I feel like a lot of people say they want to be accountable, but they want to have stipulations on their accountability. Like, I want to be accountable, but don't hold me accountable in this area because of something that happened to me that I'm not over, um, which can be very problematic. Um, Now, have you ever had, Liz, for yourself, or either early on in life or have you seen it now, where sometimes you had to catch yourself because you found yourself not being fully accountable for your decision-making in a relationship? Or have you always not had an issue with um, being accountable for your decisions? Oh, gosh, no. I I totally have (laughs) made mistakes. Um, I'm a a human, constantly learning, Um, don't really know how to do life on Earth quite yet. Um, (laughs) but, But I think... Most people would agree with that statement that it that we're constantly mm-hmm. learning. Yeah, I would say especially in um, romantic relationships when I was younger, needing to be the fixer and the healer, like most women take that role on. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much so felt that it was my responsibility, and I had to be accountable for his success in behavior. Like I had to be accountable for how he acted and how um, he treated me, but then I would, like, let it go when it was bad. So I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I gave excuses, basically. And I didn't actually realize that where I needed to be accountable was, you know, keeping 
my own boundaries and taking care of myself and saying, no, that's not acceptable. No, you know, I'm holding a standard and you need to abide by that standard. I, I didn't do that. And I very much so waffled and wavered and I pick and chose when it worked for me and when it didn't. Um, and I was just young, naive and, and really insecure. And I wanted to fix and help and serve and it definitely backfired <laughs> multiple times. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's I mean that's just one example, but there's quite a few I'm sure. Man, like that that that's amazing. The fact the fact that you're even willing to acknowledge that, and it's it's funny when we're when we're young, we tend to miss a lot of red flags, and sometimes we always look at red flags as other people, but red flags in ourselves. Like you said, it's it's interesting. And ladies that are listening, you can definitely um, chime in. I do feel like in the dating realm women do tend to take on a lot of um, responsibilities and accountabilities for their partner when their partner should be taking those steps and holding themselves accountable. Um, what do you think, with with us talking about this topic, do you think that's something that it, it came from being the way you was raised in the household? Because I know a lot of women tend to talk about how in the household, they're taught and trained how you're supposed to be a wife and mother and all of this stuff, and a lot of women feel like men aren't taught how to be fathers and husbands. Do you think the way we're raised play a part in how we look at accountability and how we handle accountability in the dating world? Oh, absolutely. And it isn't just what is in your home. It's what your whatever community and culture you are raised in has an impact on what you think is appropriate or inappropriate. So I had babysitters growing up. I had other family friends that I was in their home consistently growing up, mm -hmm. visiting and seeing those adult interactions as well. So it wasn't only my parents. It was also other people in my community that I very much so saw the um, sweet woman who – um, just took care of everything and put it all on her shoulders and was accountable for everybody, everything, said sorry when it wasn't her fault for anything. You know, she's apologizing for someone else being a jerk um, and just taking it all on. And that I think, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so I just think that was like <laughs> the way of the 90s. Um, and, and I grew up in a small town, so small town life that was kind of a woman's role in a lot of ways. And anybody that pushed against it then had kind of an, an X on, you know, their name and people kind of thought of them as um, little hellions or spitfires or, you know, <laughs> women that like, you know, ruffled the roost for lack of a better term. But yeah, I, I definitely learned it for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And we actually have our first question um, online for you, Liz. So let me go ahead and cool. like, scroll down and read this off. So the question is, uh, why do you think some men have an issue with women who choose not to stick by a guy's side who might not be prepared to leave when she leaves for someone more established? Okay, let me see if hmm. I understand the question. Mm-hmm. And I might need you to read it back to me. So the question is sure, yeah. why – yeah, can you just read it back? I'm really not sure I got That's that whole picture. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. No, you're good. The question is why do you think some men have an issue 
with women who choose not to stick by a guy's side who might not be prepared to leave when she leaves for someone more established? Ooh. Wow, that's a good question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> well, I'm looking. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, oh man. Um let me actually read it again for myself. Uh That's so good. Thank you for the question. Whoever brought that yeah, one. Yeah, wh- whoever wrote that one, um, gonna put me on the spot on this one. So let me read it again to myself and then I kinda give you see if we can piggyback off of what I think on it. Why do you think some men have an issue with women who choose not to stick by a guy's side who might not be prepared to leave when she leaves for someone more established? Okay. I feel like and for those who are listening, you know this is definitely my opinion um, on this um, on the questions that are asked. But for this particular question, I think the reason why uh, some men have an issue with the woman who chooses not to stick by them while they're trying to lead and um, establish themselves, I really believe it's because of how we're raised. Like literally, we're raised we're raising up men to be leaders or we want them to be leaders. We want them to be head of the household. We tell them they need to have a game plan. They need to kind of have an idea of what they want as a family, and we and we literally raise our uh, young girls and women to you need to find you a guy who's established, who can mm. take care of you financially, emotionally, all this stuff make you feel protected. And if you come across someone who's still learning how to do that, then he's not the one for you. Um, I really feel like that is where that's coming from. Um, now, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. Um, I feel like it's two sides to the coin. I think you need to communicate this to a potential young lady or uh, woman that you're probably wanting to talk to because nothing's wrong with wanting to be stable. Nothing's wrong to make sure you're in a situation where you're protected and you don't feel like you have to do all the heavy lifting. Um, But I can understand also as a man where that can be frustrating when you're trying to establish yourself and that level, but you're with someone who's probably not that patient to wait right. for you on that on that um, standpoint, which might explain, too, why a lot of men are looking at younger women. Like, I get it. I'm 37. So I can understand if, you, if you're 37 and you're trying and you're climbing that, that totem pole trying to get better. But I also understand from a young lady, if she's my age, and she's like, sir, you're 37 and you're still trying to figure it out, and I'm 37, and I done figured it out, so I need to be on somebody on an even plane. So I feel like there's not a wrong answer to it, but I do really feel like you might have to communicate thoroughly with your partner. Um, and I know some people are saying, ah, well, Alan, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal. It may not be to you, but I've actually not entertained relationships because I was looking at what she was doing, and I was like, you know what, at this stage of my life, what she, where she's at, I know I cannot match that to give her what she's looking for. So I'm not even going right. to entertain that. Right. Um, but once again, I think it, it, it's based on communication, because the funny thing I'm learning is a lot of women have said they have no problem dealing with someone who's still trying to navigate what they're doing as long as they're open and honest and they're not putting them through a whole circus show while doing it. Um, that's my well, thing. Hopefully, well hopefully, done, hopefully Alan. I answered it. <laughs> I say I don't have the button to give you an applause, but I there we go. 
<laughs> well done. I know I was supposed to answer that, but that, that gave me a moment of pause, um, which I'm grateful for. I would agree, and I, and I really appreciate your perspective. Um, you know, it, it really comes down, in my perspective and opinion, the two people entering the relationship, understanding um, what are the mutual sacrifices and individual sacrifices each of you are willing to take in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, for my relationship and my husband, we definitely have taken turns on who was growing at what time and who was supporting who at what time. And we both agreed upon that and we were okay with that. Um, and for some people, they're not. And safety and security mm-hmm. is a basis we all are, are desperately needing and wanting. And, mm-hmm. um, what I feel safe and comfortable and secure with might be different from somebody else's and their standard of living might be a little bit more expensive than mine. <laughs> and so, that part. Right. Right. And so, you know, I don't think any one person should completely put themselves at risk of feeling unsafe and insecure and not living up to the standard and just, sacrifice, 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 that's just going to be a martyr and misery and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's better that you leave in that situation and you don't stay in a relationship that isn't going to fit for you. However, I think that, mm-hmm. like you said, communicating, collaborating together, knowing that you are both comfortable with what needs to be done in the short term um, so you can get where you want to go in the long term, um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of essential. Yeah. I- Exactly right. Like, yeah, because it's funny. I'm still looking at the question because it's definitely it, it it's it's a lot going on in that question, and it could be unpacked in so many different ways. Because I feel right. like you can probably ask multiple people the same question and probably get multiple different answers to it. So right. it's, it's very interesting because even even when we bring up communication, even with communication, there's accountability in your communication. Like. It's really funny when I look at the dating landscape and I look at the word accountability. When you're dating, you're going to be accountable based on the questions that you answer because um, there's some questions someone's not going to want to answer. And I've played this in my head like, well, what if I ask this um, young lady out and what if she asks this question? Um, how am I going to answer this question? Am I not going to answer this question? Do I want to deal with that question right now? Like when, when someone is asking the appropriate questions, that's, I think, when accountability really comes in because now you have to be like, yo, am I going to be honest with them or am I going to lie to see how long I can keep it going before I'm actually where I'm at? Um, yeah. And for those who are listening, because I know um, personally I have a lot of men who with the accountability and how being a provider is looked at, um, it's, it's a struggle for a lot of men, especially when we're in the middle of this pandemic. I think a lot of people have had reality checks about the way they spend their money and the way they go about living their life, now it really makes you have to take a step back and be like, aha, so if I get with somebody and we end up getting together and we have kids and all this other stuff pops up, how am I going to handle that? Um, Many times my friends laugh at me and say I'm an overthinker because I'm one of those people, I'm like, yo, what if I have a kid? What are we going to do? How do I handle that? How do I make it? like make it work without anyone feeling like they're being neglected or they're feeling like they're not safe and secure. And people are like, Alan, you're thinking way too much. And I was like, not really when you think about it, because that's a lot of responsibility once you connect with somebody um, mm-hmm. that you have to take into account. 
And sometimes people don't take that into account until it's too late. And by then, it's probably the relationship is probably fractured and can't be pieced together. Um, when when yeah. I think about stuff like that, especially when it comes to accountability. Um, now, I do have a question for you, Liz. Um, when it comes to someone pointing at your flaws, because sometimes we're good at saying, hey, we have no problem with our flaws being pointed out. Um, but when your flaws are being pointed out to you and it's something that you've tried to hide, what has been your initial reaction when that flaw has been pointed out to you? Uh, I go into a turtle shell and I hide. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to hide. Um, no, that is a little extreme. Um, I, I think over the <laughs> Over the years, I've done different things um, based off my own work and growth that I've done through therapy and Mm -hmm. coaching. Um, I very much so can get flustered and just really insecure. So when Mm -hmm. I I think I was always a a person that landed more on the doubtful, insecure spectrum of things. And I Mm -hmm. was very aware of my flaws very aware of my flaws. I was hyper-focused on them. I thought everyone saw them. A lot of times people didn't, you know, and people weren't. It wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. But if it ever was acknowledged, um, it was almost like somebody, you know, um, like ripped my clothes off and I was standing naked in front of everyone. It was so naked, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, it was so, um, so vulnerable. And I really was... Uh, I would get shooken up about it. And my response was not defensive most of the time. It was to absorb. So a lot of people that tend to be more insecure, more doubtful, kind of it's that you you take it on yourself. Um, there's people that deflect where they just kind of like pass it off and ignore it. There's people that outwardly fight against it and say no, you know, and get all defensive. And then there's people that take it on and they say, oh, you're right. Like, oh, gosh, I really need to work on this. And, man, shame on me and just, like, shame themselves for it. And that's what I would do in the past. I would completely own it too much. (laughs) I would take it too far. And um, I don't know if anyone can resonate with that, but that that was something that I really needed to work on. Um, and so now it's still uncomfortable, um, but I really try and see, you know, how can I be objective as best as possible in this comment or, you know, my weakness being brought to light? How can I best handle this? And can I give myself options? Because um, taking it on or doing any kind of rash response isn't going to serve me in the long run. So um, sometimes I just kind of nod and then say, "Give me, give me some time on that. <laughs> let let me let me get back to you." That makes um, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Because I think sometimes we try and rush people into making giving answers that are not the right answer. Like one thing I've I have learned over the years is like. Be be slow to give an answer. Don't because sometimes and I think this is what messes people up in arguments. When you get in heated debates and stuff like that, you're you're spit firing off these responses without fully giving them thought. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people who give complete thought to their answers and spit fire them out. But then there's a lot of people who like they need a chance to be able to take a step back and like, yeah. let me process what is being asked of me so that I can answer it the way 
I know it needs to be answered without sitting there and messing, making the situation worse. Um, and I, I can definitely understand the going into a turtle shell because I used to be that person. Like, I used to have that really, really bad. Like, if you pointed out something that was negative, um, to me, I took it like, oh, my God, I'm horrible. Like, I'm not doing nothing right. Like, I used to be one of those people. Like, it, it would be a big downer for me when you expose a flaw to me. Then it just took me some time to understand that, yeah, just because a person exposed a flaw doesn't mean something's necessarily wrong with you. It's just something you need to work on and become better in that area, um, which I think is very interesting when it comes to accountability because, for me, accountability is just being held accountable for something that you need to build up on. Hey, you may be a horrible money manager. You may be a horrible communicator. Hey, you may need to stop trying to play with all these women's feelings, or, hey, you may need to stop trying to play with all these guys' feelings. And it's not that we're coming against you. It's just like, hey, you should probably look at it differently from this standpoint. Um, and that's how I kind of look at accountability. Now, when we look at uh, women's lifestyles when it comes to account- accountability, how do you think when it comes to careers, how does that work for women with accountability, especially if, let's say, you make more than your significant other? Um, do you still require – do you think it's fair to still require – that person in your life to still be able to meet you on that same level? Um, do you expect them to be able to just join together and you guys just work together as a team? Um, what do you think of that aspect when it comes to careers, especially if you're a young lady that's making more than your significant other? Yeah, that is a really good question. And it's a good one because career is something I really focus on with my clients and what mm-hmm. I do. And it's also like the, the like girl power, girl boss, you know, uh, mm-hmm. movement right now. I was, like, trying not to, like, mm-hmm. cuss a bunch. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, wait, I was going to say a bunch of bad words. I'm going to stop for a second. Um, <laughs> so, like, the, the yeah, the girl boss movement, it's, it's a big deal. And women are proud to, you know, get equal pay, if not make more, like, that is something that's super important, and nobody should shy away from that, nobody should shy away from their career success, and that's something to be proud of, and you're accountable for, if that's something, you know, you are accountable for what you decide your lifestyle should look like, that's on you, Um, and when you bring that in with a partner, again, I think it comes right back to communicating what you want and desire in that relationship, some people don't mind having it, you know, the traditional setting where, like, the man brings home the bacon and the woman stays home. Like, people, it, that's not, like, this norm anymore. Anything goes these days, which is awesome. So it really is what goes for you and your partner um, and figuring out that for yourselves. But speaking out what matters to you. The worst thing, I and I see this a lot, especially as a marriage and family therapist, when people come and see me, it's resentment. That is what breaks relationships mm. apart. That is the basis of all marriages falling apart. It's not cheating. It's not financial scandal. It's not, a, most of the time, it's not even like alcoholism or addiction. It's resentment. Mm. And that wow. happens, yeah, it's powerful to know that. And that happens based off of small micro interactions and, and decisions over a big course of time. So a lot of things can be bridged with therapy, support, openness, and communication, and accountability 
you take your part, you own it and say, this is my fault or this is what I can improve on. And I'm not only going to say it, but I'm going to show it through my actions of work and improvement. That can bridge so much. Um, and when you're bringing that into like a career and you, you know, are a woman and you're being really successful, that's nothing to be shy away from or be ashamed of. It's something to be proud of and to speak it clearly to your partner. So there is no resentment that suddenly you're spending more money on rent and going out and paying for bills. So that, that doesn't happen. Um, it just needs to be spoken. If you're cool with that, great. Then you're cool with it. Pay more. Be a baller. You know, that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you want to know what you're comfortable with. Otherwise, resentment builds and, and then goes the snowball of negativity. <laughs> Wow, wow. And and we're about to go to um, our commercial break, but I kind of want to piggyback off of what you just said, Liz. So is the resentment built from, because you know how sometimes I think the biggest thing that affects relationships are having wandering eyes and seeing what other couples are doing. Does the resent from, resentment build up from seeing where you're probably seeing another lady who's kind of in the similar um, statue of what you're doing? but her significant other is making her feel like she's the queen over the castle and yours is like, well, I mean, we're just here making it as we go. Or is it just literally just being resentful for maybe you're regretting getting into that relationship, getting into that marriage, or you just feel like you could have did better? Like what kind of leads to that resentment? Well, anything can lead to that resentment. It's whatever makes you feel less than. So if you're, if that, you know, other girl is a boss babe looking like a queen, basically is Beyonce, and Jay-Z's mm-hmm. like, you know, throwing <laughs> Tiffany diamonds at the girl, like, and yours isn't even like bringing home milk, and you're really just wanting milk and cookies, and you can't even do that, you, you start building that resentment, like you're not able to meet those needs. Um, and so I think it comes back to what is it in your life? that is not being met because that's where the the resentment starts to be built. It can be external or it can be internal at home. It's just whatever is affecting you and you're not feeling seen or met. If that makes sense. No, that, that makes, that makes total sense. Liz makes total, total sense. And I appreciate the answer that you gave towards that question. Uh, We're going to actually run real quick. Um, I'm enjoying this talk. I'm on tonight on She Said Well, but we're going to go to cut to a real quick commercial break, um, and then we'll be back for the conclusion of Lifestyle, Women, and Accountability. Talk to you in a bit. I want to say thank you to everyone that believes. I'm willing to die for this thing that I call a dream. They say I couldn't have it, I made it without the means. Me and son and Mike couldn't wait to get in the league. Banging on that lunchroom table, planted a seed. Huddled in a circle where niggas could barely breathe. I was alive. Right then I knew that was where I needed to be. And I was going to grow up becoming the best MC. We was making money just burning the MP3s. Not really because we had to spend it on blank CDs. Sharpie in the front of the disc when it hit the sleeve. Trying to make them believe. Everybody testing me. That was the recipe to becoming the best professionally. It was meant to be a hard knock life. And I hope y'all got the respect for me. I give you all that's left to the death of me. So fuck with me the long way. I had to learn the hard way. 
a shot in the dark. It turns out I'm cousins with nobody that built the arc. Just getting a start, been perfecting the art. I'm Denzel and Fallen when he was holding his heart. I can't believe that Wilder's hitting that 30 mark. It's my birthday. I was never meant to be here in the first place. Now I'm marathon sprinting, I'm in first place. And I take care of my mama now that's her place. I started in New York, I'm from the birthplace. But my target audience was on the world stage. Me and the music fell in love straight off the first date. First performance, I was terrible, I heard they. Cause the flat out in Brooklyn where I first ate. Made a couple hundred dollars off my first plate. Must have spent a million hours on rehearse day. Must have spent a million dollars on this rap game. What's up? This one Mike from Simply Sports, and you're tuned in to the He Said What Radio Network. Support of people of color begins with support by people of color. Introducing Melanin People. Melanin People is a new, innovative new social media platform for people of color from all around the world. It's a place for us to interact, showcase our talents, express our passions, share our cultures, and do business, both locally and internationally. Download the Melanin People mobile app now. Connecting people of color. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to She Said What. And on tonight, we are talking about lifestyles, women, and accountability with my amazing guest, Liz. Liz, you have been amazing today. Um, For those who are tuning in, if you want to contact and talk with us, you can dial 515 602-9647. Press the number one and we'll bring you on the air. If you're listening live stream on our He Said What What Network, just type in your question and comment and we will read it across the air. Um, So we're we're going to work on the conclusion of the matter. Um, Liz, I'm going to hit you with another one right off the bat, right after the commercial break we just had. Um, And I just want to remind everybody, the song that you heard was This is Blank CD. Uh, the song is Blank CDs by Prince Weiser. That's who you heard during the commercial break as well. Um, my question for you, Liz, is are you able to communicate and hold yourself to the same standards you just you expect for everyone else, or do you tend to be harder on yourself? Mm, good question. Um, I definitely hold myself to a higher level and I'm harder on myself. I used to be worse. I would say I've improved a lot. Um, so it's, you know, work in progress. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, when you found yourself being harder on yourself, is it that did you just feel like you just felt like you need to be on a higher plane plane when you dealt with people and with the communication? Or did you just feel like not wanting to make people feel uncomfortable 
by trying to make them match the level of accountability you have for yourself? Well, I definitely didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. However, I think for me, a lot of it comes down to my profession. You know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and so there are standards of expectation and laws and ethics that I have to abide by. And so whenever it came Mm -hmm. to my industry, I really held myself to a high standard because I felt like, you know, I'm holding people's trauma, emotion, life story mm-hmm. in my hands, and I, I better not mm-hmm. F it up. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I, makes I, sense. I And that's important, and I think um, most therapists would agree they, they do feel that pressure of accountability, um, and I think those are good therapists because they take their job seriously. But even in my personal life or in my relationships, I definitely want to go above and beyond. And, again, that can be a positive trait, but it can also be mm-hmm. something that can quickly become toxic if you're always trying mm-hmm. to give, give, give and take on mm-hmm. everyone else's stuff and be accountable for everything and, and hold yourself to a higher standard, um, you can burn out. And, um, pe- and people can take advantage of you, which I've definitely experienced. So it's um, there's a – there's a nice in-between that I think is manageable and healthy, um, and that just takes time and practice to get to. Okay, awesome, awesome. So time and practice is a, is a big key. Um, I think for a lot of us, that, that's the one thing. Some people feel like they don't have enough time, but you've got to set, set aside time um, to kind of be able to take advantage of those and reflect on it. Now, when we talk about accountability in the dating landscape, um, Liz, um, a lot of people, and it's, I, I wish I had the video, but I completely forgot um, to post it earlier today. Um, a lot of people, especially a lot of men, for some reason, when it comes to the dating landscape and accountability, they feel like women are not being held accountable. Um, I can see where they're getting it from, but I kind of feel like that it's not really true. And for my listeners, if you want to chime in your opinion, definitely let me know. Um, but do you feel like in the dating landscape, women are not being held accountable with how they interact and how they um, kind of carry themselves with the men, men that they're dealing with? I know that we're living a time now where people are like, date them all until the right one decides they want to be with you. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of discussions where men are like, no, it's, you're sitting here, you're playing with all these men and you're making all these rules that the men got to follow, but yet you're not following it. Do you feel like in the dating landscape for women, are, are they not being held accountable or being accountable for how they interact in the dating field? Oh, that is tough. I am not a dating expert. <laughs> exactly. and, I have, and I have been, like, out of the dating game for so stinking long. Um, thank goodness, honestly, because I think it's brutal for y'all. Like, it is so tough. Oh, it's definitely pee in the dating pool. It's pee and, yeah, it's just, it's just a whole lot of, whole lot of foolishness going on. There's a few little turds in there, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I have so, I feel so bad. I have so many clients right now that are in their mid, late 30s that are women that are trying to date and it is just, yeah, pee in the water for sure. Um, And they're having a tough time. And I think what's challenging for women, I'll say this, is that, you know, if you do want to have children, you're on a biological clock that is not one you had asked for. 
Um, it just mm-hmm. is that way. And so the um, pressure of time to like, uh, for, and this is what I've heard from clients, so it's not me personally, mm-hmm. but they're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, they've said, Liz, I have to see as many guys as possible to just find, to see if I can even find one decent one to get to know. So it's like the, the faster they can go through people, the faster they can weed them out. So time is on their side. Is that a good plan? I don't know. <laughs> but that's, I, I can understand that pressure and panic that they're feeling, you know, being 37, 38, 39, like that's tough. Um, Mm-hmm. As far as accountable, oh gosh, I feel like it. Like n- no one's accountable right now in the dating world. Everyone's Ooh, ghosting everyone. Everyone's ghosting mm-hmm. everyone. Everyone's like either oversharing or putting on a facade, not being honest. You know, mm-hmm. total catfishing. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> just. And and these are what I'm hearing from my clients, and they are frustrated. And I don't just have women clients. They serve both men and women and anybody in between. So I I think it's rough. I don't think it's just women. I think it's just really, really rough. See, I'm kind of of the same mindset, and it's just so funny because I do have a platform on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, and TikTok is definitely vocal about the dating but it's just very interesting because when you see someone mentioned, because everyone, everyone nowadays, because of the way social media is, everyone has a platform where they're trying to give advice and they're not even trained in it properly. Oh, my so gosh. Don't get me yes- started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I, I know, know yesterday, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Like yesterday I was looking at a video on TikTok where this young lady, she got on there and she was telling, um, she was telling the women, she was like, girls, if he's not trying to take you, what she said, if he's not cash after you money for you to go to the store to get you outfits before y'all go on dates, he's not the one. And literally, it was a firestorm in the con- con- comments because the men were like, wait a minute, why are you trying to use me for money? Da 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 da. We're sitting right. we're not even um, together that way. We're trying to learn each other. But you're seeing a lot of where people, which I get it, you set the standard for what you expect out of people who approach you. But I feel like people are trying to put their expectations onto everybody else. Now, granted, if you have, and I tell guys this all the time, we have to understand that if the guy before us made a, did a certain thing for the young lady we're trying to date, nine times out of ten, we may have to deal with the, residue, the residual effects of that. If, for example, let's say if you, you dated a billionaire, and let's just say, it was nothing for him to be like, yo, you want to go to Venus? Venice, I got you flight. Go over there, do whatever you want to do, come back. And you're used to that. You're used to lavish gifts. You're used to all of that stuff. And then it doesn't work out, and you break up. And then you meet lowly me, and I'm like, um, so I don't have the Porsche. I can't fly you out today to Venus, but we could do this. Like, you... I think, guys, we have to understand that you're going to have to be able to fight through those expectations, and hopefully, like, she sees the real you, but you can't blame somebody. Me, personally, you can't blame somebody if someone prior to you was giving them a lavish lifestyle. Um, Now, I do understand where men kind of get upset saying, well, I feel like she has to understand that you're not going to meet every guy that's able to do that, which is true. 
But is there a way, is it even right, let me phrase it like this, is it even right for a young uh, a woman to be ostracized because she's used to a certain lifestyle that she experienced from boyfriends or other relationships prior to meeting you? I, oh gosh, I just think, first I just want to say I think these things that are on TikTok are not helping anybody out. I just don't, I don't think they're helping y'all out. I just think that they're giving you like a fake persona that's unattainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't, my friends and I have friends from all walks of life that are super wealthy and, you know, the salt of the earth range of folks and getting your cash app to just spend money frivolously like isn't realistic this isn't realistic mm-hmm. at all so people are coming in with unrealistic expectation and standards mm-hmm. so yeah if you kind of get called out for your really unrealistic standard i don't think that's a bad thing um mm-hmm. i i do think it's going to catch you by surprise maybe and it's time to look mm-hmm. look at yourself and see if that's attainable and also the other question is, how many people are you going to end up dating because they're not going to be able to meet your unrealistic standards? That part. Right. That part. That part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. It, 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 it's definitely tough. <laughs> like, it's I, definitely yeah. Because there's so many amazing people. There's amazing people everywhere. And mm-hmm. with the way our society is today, we don't get to see that. Instead, we have to put on a full, like, resume online with, like, mm-hmm. pictures and funny taglines and this whole, like, life that mm-hmm. somebody can then swipe left or right. And, and, if, and if you're on a certain app, the girl's the only one allowed to comment to you. So then it's just mm-hmm. it's so... Um, honestly, it feels really unnatural, I think, for people to get to know one another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when people do get to meet each other in environments organically, you can read someone's energy. You can ask general questions. There's no facade from the get-go. You don't have a whole TikTok account that someone's already looked at. You don't have a whole Instagram account yet. You're just meeting somebody and you're seeing hand, you know, just face-to-face in the moment. And there's a lot of power in that um, naivety. Like, you don't know any better, so you're just going to kind of see what happens and really see the person for how they show up in front of you. Whereas online, you create a whole persona, a whole expectation, a whole agenda before you even go and get a drink with them. So mm-hmm. it it can you kind of walking into fire when you've created a whole expectation that then they you meet them and wait, they're not that billionaire. <laughs> but they mm, might exactly, look like exactly. one online. And so then you're disappointed mm-hmm. and upset and they're feeling bad about themselves. They're not a billionaire yet. And so it's just kind of a growth <laughs> cycle. <laughs> but exactly. It's a it's a it's it's a very devastating cycle. Um and do you feel like, Liz, and I, I probably feel like just from your answer um, just now, I kind of think I know what your answer would be, but do you feel like social media has caused this false concept of dating and relationships and what is to be expected and what's not to be expected? Because like you said, you can put a whole persona online that a person 
now most people are just talking online for months before they finally meet each other. And then when they meet each other, they end up finding out that it's something completely different. Right. Yeah, I totally watched a TV show the other day. It was like a murder, and both people were lying about – it was a Dateline show. They were both, like, catfishing <laughs> each other. <laughs> it was just oh, the wow. craziest show ever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what happens when you talk online from across the world for, you know, two years. But, no, that's mm-hmm. not the truth. I think that <laughs> I think that it's awesome. And also I would say that it does have its hindrances. It's weak points. Okay, that's a, that's a fair assessment. That's a very fair assessment. Um, and um, we're getting close to the end, so I'm going to have probably one more question for you, Liz, and then I'm going to let you go ahead and take over so people can learn how to follow you and know about your future and current endeavors you have. So um, for the last question I have for you, when it comes, to, and this is to kind of help our men, when it comes to dating women and it comes to accountability, um, how should we handle you guys when we're expecting, because there's always the notion that people say men are blunt, um, a lot blunter than women when it comes to stuff. So how should we go about letting you guys know that we expect you to be accountable for your actions? Like, should we just be clear and direct? Like, how should we handle it? Because I know every woman is different. Um, on when it comes to being told that they need to be more accountable for their actions or they need to be accountable for what's going on. Because right now we're in a time where a lot of men are starting to become grasped where they need to make sure their mental health is stable and they're not allowing the wrong people to influence that. So how, for us as men, can we hold women in our lives accountable when it comes to us dealing with our mental health and mental peace because there's sometimes you need that person there to kind of help you get through the dark times but also there's sometimes you need to be able to let your partner know that hey this is what has put me in this kind of dark space in my life yeah no i i am so proud of men coming to therapy like it is the best and greatest thing ever to do the work that so many um things have been stacked against men, um, especially around, you know, just the masculine energy and the persona a guy should have and all of that. So especially with mental health, I am very proud to, <laughs> to hear anybody going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And to have that conversation, I really think that being open and honest and direct is the best way to go. Um, There are techniques that I teach in, you know, therapy and marriage therapy on how to communicate um, where you're giving. I'll just share it here. It's it's like Mm -hmm. a cookie sandwich, so an ice cream sandwich where I say you give two compliments and then the direct feedback in the middle. So an example would be, you know, I'm so appreciative that you're supporting me. So that's one cookie. You're giving a compliment. And then you're going to say what you need in the middle, which is I um, need you to or I need the help to go to therapy, and that's going to be my journey. So I need you to just support me through that specifically. Don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. Just be there. That's the direct thing you're needing them to do. Don't ask questions. Just be there. And then say uh, the other side of the cookie is, uh, and I'm so grateful again for all the support you're giving me. Thank you for respecting my therapy session. So you're referring back to what you need, and you gave them a cookie sandwich. 
Does that make sense? No, it, it totally makes sense to me. Hopefully it's making sense to our listeners. I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that analogy, and I feel like that is really, really good. Like, <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> want to incorporate that. That's, that's a really, really good analogy. Um, two compliments and then the direct. I, I think that would fix a lot of miscommunications and issues right. that people have when communicating with their significant others. So I totally, totally understand and totally get that. Yeah. So the the biggest thing I hear a lot of men say they struggle with is they'll come and women say, oh, they come across so gruff and mean and I need this and I demand that, whereas they do have needs and demands. Everyone does. We all do. How that gets delivered can be either too harsh or confusing or it can be kind of given in this nice cookie sandwich. So I teach a lot of my clients how to deliver something where it feels a little gentler, especially if you have, you know, a more emotional relationship, um, and yet it's still very clear what you're needing. So you're very clear in that middle ice cream portion, I need this. I, you know, I need you to be accountable for your actions. I need you to give me space or, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, cookies on the side. <laughs> that, that. That that is actually really awesome, and I hope those who are listening are taking notes. Uh, <laughs> someone asked, "What if you're lactose intolerant?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm lactose intolerant, okay, and I can't do gluten either, so I make a dairy-free ice cream sandwich. Give <laughs> yourself, you know, some fruit parfait. I don't know, <laughs> something else. <laughs> So for those who are listening, if you decide you want to take that exercise, if you are lactose intolerant, just make sure you have something to supplement it. Uh, we don't want you blaming us for whatever no, happens no. to you because you decided to eat the ice cream sandwich while you're sitting there talking to your significant other. Um, I really, really appreciate um, this, Liz. Today's topic of course, lifestyle, women, and accountability. This has been an amazing take from you. Um, what I'm going to do, of course, our listeners knows all the time towards the end of the show. Liz, we up oh, actually we have a caller, Liz. So hold on real quick. Oh hey, let's see. All righty, okay. caller. Yeah. Who my do name's we Joe. Have my name's Joe. My name is. Hey, Joe. how's it going, Joe? Okay, I have a question for. I just got here. I presume you're either a therapist or a relationship counselor. Some, am I right? I can can you repeat that? You broke up a little bit. Okay. I just got here, so I presume you're either a relationship counselor or a licensed therapist. Uh, yes, I am a licensed therapist. Okay. When you have your um, couples in front of you, when you have a, uh, a married couple as opposed to a single man or a single woman in front of you, do you try to, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you emphasize romance in the, the rekindling of romance by the man in the marriage? Uh, 1. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So it's not a 10. No, I mean, I, I don't know your scale. Um, 1 meaning that romance isn't the first priority. It's um, foundation right. of trust. That comes first, and then we build romance later. Ah, uh, good. Okay, that was good because um, I didn't want to hear a ten. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I always, I always think that romance 
uh, in a marriage is good, but romance, especially outside of a marriage, is not very good for the relationship. It's actually detrimental because it builds up uh, fantasies on both sides, the men and the women, especially the women, about what kind of man they want. Usually it's a subliminal hero that they usually get from Harlequin uh, romances. A lot of times a man can't live up to that Herculean type of image. But in a marriage... Yeah, but in a marriage, I can see romance to a degree in order to reward the woman by letting her know, this is how I appreciate you, by opening the door, pulling out the, uh, pulling out the chair, filling up the car with gas when uh, your car was out of gas, doing little things like that. Um, okay, okay. So, you, okay, I was, I was looking at romance a little differently than you were. I was thinking, like, romance was more like just sex. Um, I would say that that it, romance is important because it's com- connection. Connection is important. And that can get fantasized a lot with people um, because they're feeling disconnected. So then they can start fantasizing of what they wish they had because they're not getting certain needs that are more realistic met in the marriage and in the relationship. So that would be something we would very much so work on. Um, and if you are feeling that way, I highly encourage anyone to just Google some local um, couples therapists to, to reach out to because it's definitely something to work on and improve, and it's possible to rekindle it, and that it can be mutually beneficial. It's not just one side or the other. Well, theoretically, I suppose. But realistically, romance is usually a one-sided affair where the woman gets the benefits of the romance and the man is the one who exerts all the energy, does the heavy lifting to do the romance. So that's why I say good romance is not exactly your number one priority. To me, intimacy and mutual reciprocation is with or without the romance. I wouldn't mind being in room. I wouldn't mind being romanced by a woman. If, uh, if a woman wants to approach me, take me out, pay for the date, take me up, well, make sure I get home safely, call me to make sure I get home safely, that's okay with me. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that it's perspective and personal preference. So thank you for that question, though. Sure. Thanks, Joe. I definitely uh, appreciate that. That was That was a real good question. All righty. Um, okay. So um, what we're going to do is, Liz, um, go ahead and drop your Instagram um, label and uh, social media so people can follow you. Because uh, so, uh, kind of pressed for time. I do apologize for that. Um, and any information that um, our listeners can have to be able to follow you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And th- Joe, good luck to you. Thanks for the question. Um, so my Instagram is at Liz Pacerin. It's my name, Liz, L-I-Z, last name Pacerin, P as in Paul, E-S-S-A-R-A-N. My website is LizPacerin.com. Um, please reach out to me, shoot me a DM, follow, um, chat with me. I would love to kind of hear who has questions, what's going on in your life, and how I can help. Um, I, like I had mentioned already, I am a life coach and licensed therapist. I really can only take clients for therapy in the state of California or Tennessee. So if you are not in either of those states, I can work with you on a more life coaching front. Um, 
And I do everything from one-on-one coaching to group support, how to ditch your day job, how to find your purpose in life. Um, I have offers all up the wazoo. So check out my website and reach out, and you can get more details that way. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, thank you. We're definitely going to have you come back um, once again to be a guest on our show on another time as well. So we really appreciate you for being with us tonight on She Says What. Um, I just want to remind everybody that at 9.05, as you know, we will be having the After After Show on Instagram on our He Said What page. I'm sorry, we will not have that today. I apologize. We won't have that today. Um, But I want to remind everybody that next week will be the last episode of the year for She Said What. So next week, our topic is communication, dealing with PTSD. Um, So please make sure... Um, if you're not following us, um, please follow us on our YouTube channel by searching He Said What Network, also on Instagram, He Said What Network, and also my Instagram page, Newman underscore Junior underscore 2.0. I also want to remind everybody that they want to tune in this Sunday for Let's Connect with P's Intuition. Monday, we have Simply Sports with One Mike, RG, and Simply Bree at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesdays, we have He Said What with, uh, with Bree at 8 p.m. And then, of course, next Wednesday, like I said, is our final episode of the year for She Said What, where we'll be talking about communication dealing dealing with PTSD. So thank you for joining us today on She Said What. Looking forward to talking to you guys on next Wednesday, same time, same channel, here at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Wednesday. Have an amazing Wednesday, and we will talk to you on next week. Thank you for supporting the He Said What radio network. Please be sure to check out the website where you can find more of our shows on sports coverage, music showcases, and entertainment. Are you interested in giveaways? Sign up today to receive special members-only giveaways by visiting www.hesaidwhatnetwork.com now.